0: Hey, fellow Album Divers, Shane and Trevor here. And before we kick off our last episode of 2021, we wanted to say a quick thank you to all of you who have chosen to listen this year.
1: Listening to great music and creating these episodes has been one of the best escapes for us since we began this project. Being able to share that experience with so
0: many of you along the way has been infinitely rewarding. If you've been along with us from the beginning or just jumped on after a breakdown of one of your favorite albums, We're so grateful that you've taken the time to listen to our long-winded thoughts as we nerd out over music. If you've enjoyed
1: listening, it would mean so much to us if you would share this podcast with a friend you know who loves great music. Leave us a review or a rating or reach out on Facebook or Instagram at Album Divers with any thoughts or suggestions you have
0: for us as we head into 2022. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for being with us on this journey. Now for the last time in 2021 on to the show. Welcome to Album Divers. This is a podcast created by two music lovers who still remember listening to albums from start to finish the way the artists intended. We give history, track-by-track analysis, and delve into the music lyrics of some of the best albums of the past and today. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in.
1: To album Divers. I'm Shane. And I'm Trevor. On this podcast, we take turns choosing albums to discuss and review. We alternate between one album released this calendar year and one that's been around a while.
0: But this time, instead of deep diving a single album, we'll each be mentioning five of our favorite albums from 2021 that we didn't get a chance to talk about on the podcast this year. Man, what a great year of music. You know, I,
1: I thought after last year that this podcast had led to me discovering more music than I ever thought I could in a year. And then I surpassed it probably at least twofold, if not threefold, this year with all the listening that I did and all the great music that's come out this year. It's it's been really fun looking for those albums to do a deep dive, but then also tracking all the best of the year, knowing that we have this best of episode coming up at the end of the year. But this year it was it was really tough for me to pick my five albums. I know we shared a few picks and had to fight over a couple, but gosh, there were at least 15 to 20 that I had on my list that could have made this best of the rest five. And I wouldn't have felt like I was necessarily leaving something off. I mean, you know, with a restriction of only five, it's tough because you're going to obviously leave off some really great albums, but there were so many that were worthy of finding their spot on this podcast that we're doing right now that it was a a pretty difficult task for me to narrow it down
0: I completely agree when we did the best of last year it was kind of you know we started this podcast last year and we were kind of figuring out our format as we went a little bit I know we our early episodes if you listen to us were saying we'll review two albums a month and then we kind of changed our stance okay well we'll alternate so just kind of trying to figure out what was going to work for us and then it was somewhere in the middle of the year closer to the end that we were like hey, we should do like a a wrap-up episode and pick the best of. So it was at that point that I was kind of scrambling, looking back, trying to compile albums that I loved throughout the year. With that in mind, going into this year, knowing we were going to get to this point and talk about this best of at the end, I was doing the same thing, compiling things from early on, just making notes, making sure I kept track of albums that I really liked. So I think the combination of that and the fact that I think 2020 brought out a lot of inspiration for people whether it was the time that they had to just pour over their music and recording and and thoughts that came out that way or if it had more to do with the battles that everybody was going through internally that maybe led to some interesting lyrics but the combination of those two things i think just led to a whole bunch of good music or at least me discovering a bunch of it and so it was hard to narrow down to five you called it last year, really early into the pandemic, you had said that
1: you thought this period of time would potentially inspire people to create music around it, similar to the war leading to music in the, in the 60s and 70s. Some of those themes over the years where we know there was unifying themes or struggles that people were going through during those times. And when you mentioned that, I thought, well, yeah, maybe, but I mean, you, you were totally right. And there's been so much music that has stemmed from these trying times that that uh we've been going through over the past year and a half, almost two years now, but it hasn't been so much about a virus or a pandemic or or the specific event itself. It's been the fallout from that, all of the the spinoffs and the stories the right the challenges the 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 loneliness, the struggles, the forced patience and and division that it's created amongst people that we've all been going through. And, uh, you know, a a culmination of all of that, I think, has inspired artists to sit at home while they have all this time on their hands. They're not touring. They're not doing concerts. to, To really think about what's going on right now and from their perspective, how can I use my talents as a musician, as a songwriter to somehow leave my mark during this time or potentially inspire people, motivate them, possibly make them feel comfortable in a way, or let them know that we're in this together. There's kind of these unifying themes that have come out in some of the music that I've listened to that I I never really expected. You know, when you said that, that I I think this will lead to some music. I didn't really know what that would look like, and I wasn't sure if it was good, but I think it definitely has uh, led to some, some really awesome albums that have been released. I think someday we'll look back at this period of music
0: and see how it was intertwined with the times. Yeah. I mean, it's disruptive and it's uncomfortable. And I think I remember when we were talking with Billy Shields with his album, you had said something about how change or growth happens at the end of your comfort zone or something to that effect. And this is kind of an example. And this is one of the biggest events, maybe the biggest event of our lifetime that we're all still going through and just trying to find, some sort of roots you know some sort of meaning behind it all i think that's what we're all trying to do in our own way and and this is a an artist version of how they're doing that i think so not that we wish any of this on anybody but it's nice that we have something beautiful created from it some art coming from this at least maybe maybe something over the past year or
1: two has led to a different wave of of music whether it's a, a transient period something temporary that we're privileged as as music critics and and lovers of whole albums that were that were you know being spoiled in a way with everything that's coming from these times Uh, but i think i think there's there's something there Um, i'm I'm not totally sure it's probably going to take some years for us to to look back and reflect on everything that's happened but it it seems like there's some kind of shift uh, that's happened with some of these artists
0: i think there is more of that and then i also think on top of it we're getting to know the backstory of what the artist was thinking when they wrote it, what they might have been going through. a lot more albums that I didn't realize had that interconnected narrative at least. yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if it's the the podcast
1: effect, what we're doing here and looking for that, or possibly as listeners were consuming more music, we have a little bit more time as well. I mean, overall, over the past year and a half, two years, we've all had a little extra time on our hands. So for those who have always had a place for music in their lives, maybe that time period has grown a little bit. Add the goals of our podcast, the mission on top of that. It's been a perfect storm for us to have an abundance of albums to choose from that really fit the the vision that we have for this podcast of exploring old albums, Some classic albums, iconic albums, some of our favorites from our childhood,
0: while also staying current with all the great music that's coming out today. After having gone through a couple years of doing this, now, do you feel like your listening habits change, or did you did you recognize a little different pattern in what you were gravitating towards this year? I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. I don't think I'm gravitating toward any different
1: type of music. I'm not listening to different genres. I still have my tastes, but. I'm definitely prioritizing albums over listening to playlists
0: or letting Spotify throw a variety of music at me. I would say the similar, and I think I was a little bit more open to different genres than I would have been in the past. You picked a couple albums last year that pushed me a little bit in terms of what I probably wouldn't have gravitated toward naturally, and I didn't really think about it until I compiled this list of five and sent it to you for my best of. But a lot of variety this year. I I didn't really do that on purpose, but kind of going back and forth through a bunch of different genres. And it was kind of fun to feel like, oh, I've got a totem or anchor to kind of attach to this genre based on maybe another album we dissected last year. Or, you know, it doesn't feel so foreign to me to like jump into an R&B album or go into more of a pop album or something that I might not have been super interested in before having done this, I kind of feel like, well, I, I might get into that because I really liked whatever album that we have covered in the past. So I think that it's expanded my list of music that I think I might be interested in. Yeah, I love that, man. Your, your
1: list of five here for this best of were extremely diverse. All but a couple of the albums I would not have stumbled upon in my normal listening so I'm, I'm really thankful that you have such a broad taste in music and are not controlled by the genre or sound. I think you have some sense about you when it comes to music that, that allows you to, to pick really good stuff. And I'm grateful that you share that with me because then I get to discover good stuff too.
0: That's a good compliment. Well, broadening, I hope. I, I still think I've kind of got my corner that I usually put myself in, but this this podcast has definitely forced me into expanding that. And I think that's... I'm really glad that it has because I found some things that I don't think I would have stumbled upon otherwise that's been really fun. Yeah, I think I'm going to make that a goal of mine too going into this next
1: year to maybe find other avenues of discovering music too. I'll have to admit that I consume most of my music through Spotify and... With the algorithms and the way everything is set up there, I'm sure they're pitching albums to me that are trending that are also similar to what I've listened to in the past. So in a way, it's good because they're throwing a bunch of stuff at me that I'm probably going to like, but it can potentially be bad too because they're narrowing what they're advertising. Next year, I want to make sure that I dive into other genres and and give them a chance, too, that I'm not only sticking to some of my go-tos, but that I give some of those other genres that are maybe not my favorite at least a chance to see if there's some good albums in there as well that
0: that are worthy of our podcast and should find their way into my headphones. I mean, there is so much music out there that even if you picked all 10 of your favorites being in a similar genre from a particular year even— it's still just going to be dense with quality music if you really search because there's so much out there, so there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, definitely. Well, should we jump in here?
1: Yeah, let's do it. These people want to hear some music.
0: (laughs) Before we get into our picks, we laid a couple ground rules, and these are the same rules that we had from last year. There's just a few of them. The first one is we couldn't pick an album that we picked from a deep dive, so even though we're going to be listing five each and 10 total of our favorites. It doesn't necessarily mean these are our favorite 10. Perhaps one of the ones that we covered during our deep dive might have bumped one of these off. They also are not gonna be listed in any particular order. So we're just gonna go back and forth. We've got five each. We're not counting down to number one. It's just, uh, these are 10 of our favorite albums. And then our last rule was, we couldn't both pick the same album. So we shared our picks with each other maybe a couple weeks or so before sitting down to do this. And I think just like last year, I think we overlapped on two artists. So it's kind of fun actually, because it gave us an excuse each to pick a different one. But that was our final rule is that we couldn't both pick the same one. So those are the rules. The only difference we're going to have this year is at the very end, we're both going to reveal our favorite album of 2021, which we have not told the other one yet. So those are the rules. Here we go. We'll start off with our first favorite. Do you want to start off? Yeah. Yeah. I can start this out.
1: Go for you it. Ready? I'm ready. All right. Man, my first pick was one that I wanted to find a way to fit into our deep dives for the year. Such a good album, but I, I know the band will find its way onto the podcast someday because... They're incredible. They've put out so much good music to date, and I'm sure they're going to continue to do that going forward. So the first band I would like to highlight is Manchester Orchestra. They're an indie rock band from Atlanta. They really solidified their place in the emo indie rock world with their acclaimed 2017 release, A Black Mile from the Surface. Four years later, they have delivered yet again with their latest album, The Million Masks of God, which really feels like it could be the sibling of A Black Mile from the Surface. With characteristic instrumental sounds and, by no surprise to its fans, deeply emotional and personal lyrics sung by 34-year-old lead singer Andy Hull, this album is recognizably Manchester. But it stands out from their latest albums by being a touch more intimate with refreshingly chill ballads scattered throughout the track list that provide a new listening experience for those who have been following this band over their 16 year career. The intimacy of this album stems in large part from the attention that was paid to the detail when sequencing the tracks in order to create the listening experience and adequately share the story the band had envisioned for the album. Hall phrased it perfectly during an interview with Uproxx when he stated, it's best served as a whole thing. The album is the song. I'll leave you with the intro to Telepath, a track that elegantly discusses the ebb and flow of a lifelong commitment to another person that inevitably presents you with extreme highs and lows, but ultimately reveals to you that more important than anything in this life is the ability to love and be loved.
2: In my mind, you are an old empty apartment Sitting on your mother's table next to Carving out our names Into each piece of wood and concrete Told her I don't have a lot, babe You can have my soul Baby, do you want Baby, do you want Baby, do you want Never gonna let nobody take that light again Everyone I know is slowly falling in the ocean I don't wanna be the next, to you know I never learned to swim Baby do you love, baby do you love, baby do you
0: love me? Man, great pick. I knew this one was gonna end up on your top five. We really did flirt with doing this one for a deep dive. I can't remember, I think we just ran out of time because we were a little shy of getting one album per month. We ended up with 10 albums for 2021. And we cut you off at the end. I think Manchester might've been on deck if memory serves me right. If it wasn't, it was definitely one that we talked about doing. So with that in mind, this is an album that I did listen to a fair amount because I knew even before you picked it for this, that it was gonna be something that we were gonna talk about in one form or another. And was it the prior album was, say the name of that one again? A Black Mile from the Surface. 2017? Yes. I read that that album, the theme of it was dealing with the passage from birth to death, and then the million mass of God explores birth and then beyond. This album, the million mass of God follows a man who meets an angel of death, and then he's shown several of his life occurrences in a montage-esque fashion. Kind of reminded me as we approach the holiday times here of kind of like a Christmas carol type of situation, but definitely an interesting thing to decide to write an album about. Yeah, I'll have to go back and dissect the lyrics of A Black Mile from the
1: Surface and The Million Masks of God as well, because I I haven't fully done that, although I have read some brief clips of what the various tracks were about on this album. I, I, I think without diving in too deeply, there were some elements of Fatherhood and becoming a father in a black mile from the surface. I, I don't remember the full story to that, whether lead singer Andy Hall was about to become a father or if he had a newborn, but I think there was more fear and uncertainty wrapped up with that whole experience in a black mile from the surface. Whereas this latest album, The Million Masks of God, reflects more on the the experience of being a father now, having some years with that i I can't remember how old his his child is but i believe that's the connection and it kind of spins off of that in a way but there's also some some death and loss wrapped up in that too and the connection between life starting and ending and, and everything in between but so many lyrics to unpack and and i wanted to pick this album so badly for a deep dive over uh, the other new albums from 2021 that i choose that i chose nothing against them but i think the reason i ultimately decided not to pick this album was because a black mile from the surface has been on my list it was one of my early additions to my list of old albums that i definitely want to review on this podcast and i'm not sure when we'll get to it but it, it, w- it was uh,
0: something that i definitely anticipated that we would do and i i didn't want to overlap Interesting. I didn't read that about birth of his son having some influence on the prior album. I did read that his father died of cancer during the recording of this album.
1: Yeah, I am forgetting the song off the top of my head, but one of the tracks was based around the idea of losing somebody at the same time you're gaining somebody else. A a child being born coming into your life while an elder person is, is passing away and the dichotomy of life slipping away while another life is you know at, at its infancy
0: interesting last thing i noticed on this one too is you have in a couple of our best of picks if we go back to last year you've picked production by ethan gruska who is the producer of this album who also did production on Phoebe Bridgers' album *Punisher*. So, oh wow! Sometimes it's kind of fun if you're that. looking for, yeah, if you're looking for a way to experience an album that maybe you might like. It's it's easy to look for like a genre or the artist, but sometimes look through and find a producer that you really like and look at some of the albums that they've done. That might be kind of a fun exercise for you is to see what else Ethan Gruska has produced and find out if you maybe just like the yeah, sound of his yeah, albums. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah,
1: totally. Before we move on, I have to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Conrad Bush, who is the biggest Manchester Orchestra fan that I know. And he and I had some good conversations on not only this album, but previous albums released by Manchester. And he shared with me that lead singer Andy Hall has another project, uh, a side project, that's a collection of songs and albums by Andy Hall under the band name right away. Great captain. That's a lot more stripped down, acoustic laid back and up to this album feels fairly different than what we've become accustomed to with Manchester orchestra. But on this latest album, the million masks of God, it seems like Andy has tapped into some of that project and highlighted his ability to create good acoustic ballad songs that are a little bit more laid back than some of the previous work on the last album, A Black Mile from the Surface. So I thought that was something that was really unique about this album that I recognized. And speaking to my, my friend Conrad, lifelong fan of this band, that was one of the first things that he said to me after listening to this one that Something to the effect, you know, when you've been a fan of a band for so long and, and you've grown to love their music, you're attached to the albums, it's really difficult for them to show you something new, to impress you, to kind of match the the standard that you've come to expect with them because you were so connected to some of the previous work. And one of his first comments after listening to this album and we were we were discussing back and forth was that you know despite the fact that he's been a fan such a huge fan for so long this album showed him new stuff that was equally as good if not better in some sense and I think that's a testament to to how good uh, this band is overall and that you know the, the sky's the limit I'm, I'm expecting they continue to produce good stuff going forward
0: it's always cool when a band just decides to continue to reinvent themselves and push themselves. From what I've read, and I'm not super familiar with this band's back catalog, these last couple albums kind of were a rebirth for them a little bit. Not to say that their prior ones weren't good, but it sounds like these last two really were a step beyond. You know, regardless if you're a longtime fan or you're someone just jumping on, it seems like these last couple have really gotten a lot of attention yeah, and if you go back and listen to some of some of
1: Manchester's older albums or the Right Away Great Captain Project, you can see that Andy's voice has really evolved. It took some years to really come into that sound that has become kind of, I don't know, not not quite to the point that we can say iconic, but it's a very unique, recognizable sound that if you follow this band and you're a fan of them, it doesn't take long hearing a new song to know, Oh, that's Andy, that's that's Manchester, because it really sticks out. It's it's something uh kinda special. But I mean I think I think you're right, a black mile from the surface is what really made them a, a staple. It's propelled them to release this latest album this year and, and probably assuming they continue on that path and keep exploring what they can do and, and reinventing themselves and, and pushing the bar forward. It's only going to lead to even
0: better music going forward. All right, let's get into one of your picks. Well, my first album is The Seventh by a Newcastle, England band called Maximo Park. I first learned of this trio of musicians from researching our very first episode for Field Music's 2020 release. That's when I discovered that Maximo Park had collaborated with Peter and David Bruis of Field Music on several projects. This 2021 album was recorded during the COVID-19 pandemic and tackles several themes, including criticism of government response to a natural disaster in 2017, and the death of the band's merchandiser at a concert hall in 2015 from the terrorist attacks in Paris. Hmm. But despite that, it was several songs inspired by the birth of his daughter that connected me to lead singer Paul Smith's lyrics most on this album for obvious reasons, and particularly the second track, which is called Versions of You. Just 10 months into being a father myself, what strikes me most is how quickly my son changes and the different versions of him that I've already experienced and had to say goodbye to. When I look at videos of you, William, from even a month ago, I can barely comprehend all these versions of you.
2: Watching videos of you, the little actor in your room, the way you fly across the frame hard to capture what you do Driving through a black forest Where the leaves are golden Playing favourite bridges In the dense mid-morning
1: This was this was a good pick. I would say it's probably my favorite of the the five that you picked for the best oh, really? episode. Yeah, I, I really like I really like Maximo. It's it's my my style of music. It fits in with the genres that I usually gravitate toward. And there was something about it. I mean, I think I knew that it connected with you because of of uh, this year becoming a father and and uh, some of those themes. So. I think I was already drawn to it for that reason, because I knew that it was special to you more than the the music and the lyrics, but the fact that it was making you think about everything you're going through right now uh, in your life, becoming a father. So I think I was already biased towards liking it to begin with, and then the sound was, was great. There were some really catchy songs. I think my favorite was Baby Sleep. Uh, that was a really fun one. Another one about his daughter, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good pick overall, a band that I didn't know you know I said before you're always exposing me to good music and showing me stuff that I probably may never have stumbled upon had it not been for this podcast and our relationship so good pick I, I definitely like it
0: yeah it, it had a little bit of almost kind of like an 80s sound to me in certain ways um, I, I can't quite put my finger on what it was reminding me of I was I was trying to think of that before this podcast and couldn't quite do it but definitely something from a different era in some ways. I mean, fairly accessible songs. They're, they're definitely going to get stuck in your head and definitely contrasting maybe some of the other picks that I had. This this one I feel like is one that you could put on in the background and just enjoy it. Sure, yeah. But once you listen a little closer, like I said, those, those lyrics come through. And, and this is one back to the way this podcast is shaping some of my decisions I mentioned there in that little lead-in, but I don't know that I would have picked this album to listen to more deeply if I didn't remember their name from researching the history of field music, mm-hmm. um, knowing that they had collaborated, they're both English bands and close to each other and done some music together. So just um, seeing that name and kind of reading some reviews and go, that's right, there's a connection mm. to our very first episode is what got me li- to listen to this one. So just other ways and little gateways that doing this project has opened up more music options for me. Yeah, it's almost like there's some higher power music god, if
1: you will, that leads us down a certain path, whether it be choosing an album to discuss and review that leads us to another album or connects us with a fan who then says, Hey, have you guys looked into these people or this band? You know, there's been, there's been so many connections that almost seem like fate in a way that we've had. in in a short period of time of doing this podcast, it just seems like there's, there's something else working in the background that's kind of guiding us in the right direction on this project. And that that's been really cool
0: yeah i completely agree well let's move on to your second pick what do you got for number two
1: all right let's talk about joe pug american singer songwriter from greenbelt maryland he may be the best lyricist you've never heard of drawing comparisons from critics to john prine and bob dylan joe wrote and recorded his first album nation of heat an extended playlist while working as a carpenter after dropping out of college Over the past decade, he has been constantly striving to reinvent himself and push the limits of his musical creativity. But one staple we have become accustomed to as listeners is for Joe to serenade us with incredible acoustic guitar and a healthy dose of harmonica. His latest release, The Diving Sun, a collection of eight tracks released as two EPs, Side A and Side B, have added to his body of work, and reinforced why he deserves to be in the conversation for one of the best folk and Americana artists of today. Although a short album at only 24 minutes long, in no way does it lack in depth and substance. No time wasted, no fluff tracks, no sugarcoating, just good solid music with lyrics that will touch your soul. The song I chose to highlight from this album comes from Side A and it's titled Free Rider. We are lucky enough to have Joe introduce this track himself and share its deeper meaning with all of you.
3: Hi, and thank you to the Album Divers podcast for listing my new record as one of their best of the year. I understand that you guys are featuring my song Free Rider today. This is a song that was originally written during the writing process for an album called The Flooding Color, which was uh, an album from 2019. And uh, so it, it's been a while since I wrote this song, but what I can remember about writing it the most was the song coming from a sense that <laughs> we live in an age here in in the modern world where there's not a lot of gratitude uh, for many of the things in our lives, and I don't think that a culture that survives on ingratitude can can stick around for long. So that's kind of the, it's kind of a kiss off song, just trying to get across the point that. If you don't appreciate what you have, that's fair enough, but you won't have it for long. So, that's the tune, Free Rider. Thanks to Album Divers for featuring it, yeah. and um, yeah, Happy New Year. Peace. Never once did you stand on your own in the fire.
4: Never did you stand with the rest of us either Well there's no
0: description shane this is definitely an album with things to say it's not super heavy on the instrumental or the intros or the interludes he's talking at you most of the time which is not a problem when it's joe pug doing it because there's a lot of weight to these words and i'm really glad that we got to hear a little description of what this one was about and get to know joe just a little bit leading up to this pick what a what a great album i felt like this album really channels kind of the roots country and sound and arrangement but definitely his voice, I was looking up, he's he's our age, and it definitely sounds like there's more tread on the tires there for that voice, which <laughs> gives it a lot of weight, a lot of interesting character to the sound of his voice. So just a fun album that I think really grew on you the more you listen to it. Yeah, from what I read, it was a collection of a lot
1: of songs over the years that never wound up on albums that he... Decided to rework and and throw into this one, and maybe wrote some new ones too. But as you know, he was alluding to there in his description. This one was written a few years ago, and I mean, I think that's a good way of putting it. It was a a, a collection of songs that really had something to say. Every song had a message or a theme, and it it wasn't too difficult to decipher. Definitely not cryptic lyrics of of some albums that we've reviewed in the past, you know. And it was. Um, a very cool listening experience that you know really really connected with you it's it's almost impossible to get through this album and not feel like he's singing about you in, in at least one of those songs because it was fairly relevant uh, information to life to uh events that we all go through and have to think about on a daily basis so i,
0: I really appreciate that about his uh, musical style yeah and there's just something about that voice too like i said you had mentioned when we did our best of last year, you picked John Moreland mm. for one of your picks, yeah. and you just said, this guy just has a voice that it doesn't even matter if he was singing. I feel like I just <laughs> want to listen to this guy talk. Right. And I feel the same way about Joe Pug when he's singing. He yeah. was born for this. Exactly. And, and if you can't get enough of his voice through his music, we also have to mention he has an incredible podcast oh, himself. Yeah. Totally. It's called the working songwriter. So it's an, it's a songwriter himself sitting down with other songwriters, you know, deconstructing the songwriting process. And he's got some pretty big names on there. Um, and just fun people that you've heard of, maybe some that are up and coming that you haven't, but just to hear any of them describe what it's like or what their thought process is in writing a song, you know, how some of them might be different, how some might be the same. I just think it's a really cool podcast, so definitely check that out. Check out Joe Pug's music. Awesome pick, Shane.
1: Yeah, he has a song on that Nation of Heat EP that I've known for a long time. That's how I knew the name Joe Pug. That song is hymn number 35. It's an incredible song. So I knew he existed in the world from that song. that has been on a playlist of mine for a long time. But this is the first album of his that I went through, and I think... I knew about his podcast already which really connects with our mission here so i was drawn to this release already and then i I really enjoyed the listening experience from the lyrics to the music and this was another one that i I wanted to pick uh for a deep dive and and we were in in contact with with joe about trying to arrange a a time and he was more than willing to to come on and, and discuss it with us which strengthens even more um you know what what kind of a guy he is and musician and and how much he's passionate about his work and and connecting with listeners and uh e- enhancing the the music experience but for various reasons it it uh didn't manifest but he's definitely a guy that we should we should reach out to again and potentially get on the podcast in the future for sure all right moving on
0: what do you got next for us all right i'm going to change direction starkly here My next pick is The Sophomore Effort, an album called Cheater, by Norwegian band Pompoko. This album was set to be released at the end of 2020, but got delayed, and instead it came out in January of 2021. When I first heard this band on an NPR podcast, I immediately thought of one of my favorite bands, Deerhoof, who also creates this fuzzy art pop with lots of time signature changes, these dissonant post-punk accents. And Pompoko's lead singer, Ragnald Fangles, I hope I'm saying that <laughs> r- name close enough, sharp falsetto is versatile enough to move with ease between guttural yells, anthemic chants, and sing-songy childlike innocence. One of the most amazing things about Pompoko is their ability to take you in so many different directions in such a short amount of time. Cheater clocks in at just under 33 minutes over the course of 10 tracks, and each of these have enough twists and turns to feel like it's an epic little story in itself. Deerhoof, that I thought they sounded like, as prolific as they are, also released their 18th studio album in 2021, but I found Pompoko's album Cheater to be the album I pushed play on more in 2021 when I was craving this kind of sound. I'm going to play a clip from their single, which showcases the band's unique versatility and ability to surprise you. This is Like a Lady by Palm Poco. <laughs>
1: This was a fun pick man i was kind of taking it back at first like oh this is this is different i haven't heard anything like this before that i you know have in recent memory but i liked it um i think the best way i could describe this album is that it was weird but like in the coolest sense of the word weird (laughs) Yeah. yeah it was it was fun i think my favorite song on the on the album was like a lady as well it was was really catchy not one I can really say that I could sing along with accurately because I don't know if I could really hit those notes but I found myself attempting it because it was it was really fun it was stuck in my head
0: uh you know for quite a while so good pick yeah I don't even know how to describe them but as unique as they are I don't know if you've listened to much of Deerhoof but very similar sound to the point where when I first heard it I was like I like this but it sounds so much like Deerhoof. I'm not sure if I'm gonna really. I'll probably just want to listen to Deerhoof, and then like I said, Deerhoof put out an album this year, and and it was great. They're all great. Uh, Deerhoof is an amazing band, but I just kept coming back to this one. I I wanted this this band when I wanted this sound this year. So just only their second album. I'm really excited to see what they continue to do. I don't think any band can be quite as prolific as Deerhoof, putting out basically an album every single year for the last almost two decades, but this is a, a really, really talented group. And like I mentioned, all of these songs feel like they're, they've got little stories within them. They've got all these epic parts. You get to the end of a song that's only three minutes and it feels like it was like twice that long because it goes in so many different directions. A really cool band, really cool album. I think you could listen to this album over and over again and continue to find more things in it that surprise you. Yeah, totally. Did you go back and listen to their debut? Actually did
1: not. I haven't either, but yeah. I'm kind of curious if this is their sound or if it's different and if we can expect this going forward. You know, we we've talked about some bands that are on their 6th, 7th studio album and how the sound has evolved over the years. You know, when you're when you're looking at a band, sometimes it seems like their sound evolves until they really nail it they you know have that breakthrough album that gravitates toward people and then it's like okay this is this is our thing this is our sound this is what we do and then it's kind of a, a mission at that point to replicate that or if if you do deviate from what was successful and popular then there's there's kind of a little bit of pressure or risk uh in that but up until that point where you quote unquote made it I suppose it's all kind of experimental and I don't know if PompoCo has made it yet uh, in the sense that they're more of a mainstream band or getting the acclaim they deserve from critics. But if they haven't yet, then you never really know what to expect with the next album because, you know, in their infancy, having only two albums, maybe they have a whole new set of music and sounds they want to explore and it'll come out. As something totally different. But it's always exciting when you discover a band pretty early in their career and you get to follow them forward and see how they evolve. So, yeah, this will definitely be one that we should keep track of over
0: the years. Definitely. With the amount of creativity that just exists within this album, I wouldn't surprise me if going back to their prior one and as they advance to their next one, they keep pushing the envelope and doing some things that are unique in coming albums as well. All right, well, let's move back to you, Shane. What's your next pick? All right,
1: transitioning from your pick of a band that's early in their career, I'll be moving on to one that's been around a while, a band that I've been a fan of for a number of years that really impressed me this year with their latest release. That band would be The Killers. If you've labeled them as strictly a pop band, you're wrong, and you definitely need to check out their new concept album, Pressure Machine. 40-year-old lead singer Brandon Flowers takes us on a journey to the small blue-collar conservative town of Nephi, Utah, where he grew up. Laced with interviews of residents telling stories of their experiences and lyrics heavily influenced by Bruce Springsteen, this album fires on all cylinders, deviating slightly from their traditional pop sound and venturing into new genres of Americana, Heartland rock, and folk rock. The Killers found themselves this year on the Top Folk Albums chart for the very first time in their career. And for a period of time, they occupied the number one spot. Covering topics of religion, social pressure, homophobia, suicidal ideations, life of the working class, poverty, drug addiction, love, and loss, this album will have you glued to your headphones from start to finish. The opening track, West Hills, of an opioid addict in possession of them hillbilly heroin pills immediately sets the tone for this powerful album that will leave you wanting to go back and listen again and again.
4: When the sheriff kicked my door down I was sleeping in my own bed In the mist I got caught up Hard.
0: Was a great pick and I have to be honest with you when you first told me that you picked the killers for one of your pick I was kind of skeptical and slightly disappointed I think because I was thinking like well the killers I mean you know everybody likes the killers fine and I can't think of anybody that hates them but they're not like amazing or pushing the envelope and we've all heard of them for a long time is this what we're gonna put on our podcast here by the by the end but this album is nothing like I expected it to be I'm one of the millions of people that bought their debut album with all of those hit songs on it. You can't not like those songs. But I kind of just thought I had the killers pegged. And this is much, much grittier of an album. There's a lot of honesty on it. He's unpacking a lot of his history and some of the experiences he had growing up in this really small town. And it felt like it just let you in a little bit closer to this band that with all of their production and the synth and all the new wave style that they came up with, I felt like in some ways that kept you at arm's length, and this one really does open the door and let you in. Again, one I probably wouldn't have listened to had you not picked this one for 2021. Yeah, very well said. I
1: was I was blown away by this album. In that regard, it was uh, so different than what I had anticipated. I've been a fan of The Killers for a long time, and I've been a fan of Brandon Flowers' side project as well, his, his solo tracks that he's released over the years. And I've grown to know them as a band that's really good at producing radio hits and fun pop songs to to sing along to that are great for concert. This was, I don't want to say the complete opposite because it was still somewhat the sound that we've come to enjoy or expect over the years. But the sentiment, the mood was so different than than what I've I've become familiar with uh, this band over the years. I think earlier when I was talking about the past year or two shifting artists mindset when they're going to the drawing board thinking about what what kind of music they want to release because i don't think there are many tracks on this album that would be really good to play in concert they're not necessarily radio hits but they're a collection of songs that feel deeply intimate and personal not only to brandon flowers as he reflects on the place he grew up and the the stories he's heard and the experiences it also has a way of connecting with anybody who's ever lived in any small town. I mean, I, I can't say I grew up necessarily in a place like that, but I'm from a small town. Yeah, I thought
0: of you a little bit when when uh you picked this one.
1: You know, when he was when he was interviewing these people when he was playing those those clips and, and uh some of the themes that were coming across in the lyrics, there were there were people that I could relate to and think about and the themes and issues that come up in this album. I just I really felt like I was I, w- I was listening to a movie that I'd already seen before, but it was like on a totally different level that made me see it even
0: better than I ever had. Those clips were really interesting too, because they're real audio of people talking about their town and giving their thoughts on what it was like to live in this this part of Utah. And a lot of them are positive in the words, but there's something about it that kind of has sort of a melancholy feel like you almost feel a little bit they, they can't have both things. It's like they missed out on something too or something. It's almost like in some ways, kind of like, even though the words that they were saying were happy as they reflect on their town, it's kind of like this sadness of like, there's something that they missed that they weren't getting from just being stuck in this one place. I don't know. It's hard to describe. Yeah.
1: There's, there's, there's a, a bit of a trap to being from a small town. There's, there's a lot of great things that, that come from it, that, that sense of community, the togetherness, the, the simplicity, but, by nature of being stuck there in a way, whether it's it's uh, financially being stuck there or culturally just being a part of the system and not really knowing anything else, you inevitably can find yourself being kind of naive, maybe a little lost, possibly sheltered. There's a lot of stereotypes associated with that, but it's almost like a lot of the good that comes from it also by default has some some bad things. And I think that's where... You know, we hear the interview clip of, of the lady saying, and it sounds like she's fairly genuine. But you, I don't know. You kind of read between the lines and, and think there's something more there when she says, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a great place. We really like it here. You know, I'll, I'll probably never leave. I'll probably be here forever. Yeah. And you know, as a listener, as somebody who's traveled and experienced the world and seen what's outside of that comfort zone of the place you grew up in, whether that's a small town or a city or a state or a country, whatever it may be, you're sheltered. Everybody is sheltered until they leave and go somewhere totally foreign and new. And so, you know, if, if she's happy and life is good, then then you want to be happy for her too. But at the same time, it's kind of like, man, I wonder if I wonder if she wants to get out of there. I wonder if she ever thinks about going somewhere else. I wonder if she's just settled on the life that was available, you know, the life that she was kind of thrown into. Did she actually choose it? Yeah, so there's a there's a sense of you kind of, you kind of feel sorry f- for some of those people but you know at the same time you don't you don't truly know what it's like to walk in their shoes and and so in a way you're kind of kind of being judgmental and maybe you're naive yourself as an outsider looking in but yeah I I I, I know 100% what you're saying about that dichotomy of the people saying things that on the surface level sound fairly positive but you're kind of reading between the lines thinking well is is that is that really the, the true picture of what's going on there or is there more to it? And I think the general theme of this album is that as somebody who has found fame and fortune and traveled the world and, and uh, experienced so much outside of that small town where he grew up, I I think he kind of looks inward now or goes back to that place and thinks, you know, man, you know, he kind of maybe feels sorry for these people or wishes they could, see the other side or maybe in a way feels kind of privileged that he didn't get stuck there that he had a passion for music and found a way out
0: yeah i get the sense that that's what was compelling for brandon flowers about reflecting on this town Mm -hmm. is that it does hold both of those things that it he has maybe even some guilt for leaving and, and escaping it but also feeling like well there's some beauty in it too and there's there's certainly some things that are naive and, and one-dimensional, but at the same time, it's got all this sense of community and, you know, these things that you can't have both of, but I think that is what maybe made it kind of an interesting topic for him to write this album and reflect on. And he goes in all these different other little rabbit trails and themes and stuff that center around this. Um, but I think that was the the duality of, of um, this, this town. And, and those little clips just seem to paint that picture really well, too. All right. So
1: that's... Three picks from my list, two from yours. What's next?
0: All right. Well, my next pick is a band listeners might already be familiar with, and it's one that's made my yearly top 10 in all three of their releases since 2014 in their breakout album Lost in a Dream. With their fifth studio album titled I Don't Live Here Anymore, the war on drugs continue their signature blend of anthemic guitar over steady drum beats that build and fill out with late 70s era synth. Lead singer Adam Granduciel channels Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, and Dire Straits in boisterous and confident delivery, but somehow manages to do so while still sounding like he's whispering a secret in your ear. I want to play a clip from the title track, which showcases how the War on Drugs stay true to their sound that has made them so compelling album after album, yet also how they continue to grow and mature in their delivery. This is the title track, I Don't Live Here Anymore, by the War on Drugs. Oh,
5: have
2: i Been so afraid of everything I need a chance to be reborn I never wanted about the old days, babe. You're always on my mind. I know it ain't like I remember. I guess my memories run wild. Like when we went to see Bob Dylan. We danced the
6: desolation road. But I don't live here
1: Good description. This is this is a pick that we fought over that I think was on my initial list of five, but I kinda knew you were probably going to pick it also. You knew I was <laughs> gonna steal this one from you. And and I had I had a a handful of backups to to replace it with. But man, what a great album to go through start to finish. I, I listened to this one so many times this year. I also went back and listen to their 2014 release lost in the dream that was incredible as well and i almost have to give it a slight edge to this one although i'm not sure i probably need to listen to them both a little bit
0: more i mean that album is super hard to beat and all of them are are really good every time they put out an album i i pay attention and jump on it because they're a band that. Certainly, they grow and mature with time, but they hold on enough to who they've been throughout all of their albums that you you want a little bit of that familiarity. And I mean, they're doing something so right that drastically changing isn't something that I really want them to do. There's certainly there's things that they do different. He's a little bit more front and center on this one, I think. You can hear his words a little bit more and, and the songs are maybe slightly a little bit more. Accessible in that way, I suppose, but it's still them. And um, every time they put out an album, I'm I'm always I'm always listening. And yeah, I don't know, man. This this one's up there for sure. But I don't know how you beat Lost in a Dream either. They're just they're great. A Slave Ambient, another one of their albums. I mean, they're just they're great. Every time they put something out, I'm, I'm buying it. It's it's almost like they're living in the wrong era,
1: though, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned Bruce Springsteen, Dire Straits, Tom Petty, the first comment i put here in my notes if bob dylan bruce springsteen
0: and phil collins had a baby you know maybe Phil collins is i haven't thought of that come out Pulling here. that in there but i would agree that's that's one I, I keep thinking dire straits on them but yeah i didn't really think about the phil collins it's almost like they're just taking you say it's like they're in the wrong era but to me it's like they're taking the best of a whole bunch of different eras that's a better somehow way to say putting it. it all together yeah definitely i hear some bob dylan in the in
1: the vocals and some of the, the slower lyric focused tracks and obviously some Bruce, Bruce Springsteen vibes with the anthemic nature of a lot of the songs. Definitely the music, the vibe, every time I listened to it, I I felt like it kind of brought up my spirits and there was something, something cool about that.
0: It's really good driving music too. If, if, yeah, uh, and we talked about last time about day night day versus night driving, and I don't know. I feel like you could do either one with this, but I, I guess I think about it as like a night drive. But there's just something about the way those drums keep pushing you, and mm. or yeah. or even during the day, like if you had a had the windows open and mm-hmm. and rolling down freeway. I don't know. There's just something about this album that just kind of it never slows down yeah um, yeah musically i think the the proper term that we're talking
1: about would be the the pace of the album it just had a yeah. had a good pace to it it wasn't rushed but it was it was forward progressing and it kind of had that you know like somebody's giving you a little a little boost like a little extra oomph uh as you're yeah. listening to it it was a lot of fun
0: all right we're back to you shane
1: what do you got for us okay If you're looking for a feel-good album during these trying times, look no further than the latest release from alternative country, indie, and blues band, Houndmouth, titled Good For You. With themes of life on the road, the pain of growing up, and the weight of expectations, coupled with catchy, fun lyrics and an overall pleasant sound, Houndmouth will have you singing along with them in no time. At Album Divers, we prefer you sit down with a pair of high-quality headphones and without distractions to listen to the album from start to finish. But this is one you can most certainly throw on and enjoy in a number of situations. Cleaning the house, taking the train to work, going on a nice stroll through the park, or even as background music while sharing a glass of wine with some close friends. The phrase better late than never most accurately describes my sentiment after discovering this band earlier in the year. If you're like me and somehow miss these guys over the past decade, you're in for a treat because they have three other albums for you to explore after you get through this one. You're welcome. I'll get you started with a little clip from one of my favorite tracks from Good For You. This one is called Cool Jam.
2: Don't you wish you was a beauty queen? Bad
0: pick Shane I think I sent you a video oftentimes well either because he actually does or because I'm willing him to my son and I listen to a lot of music ah, together and willing he seems him to <laughs> <laughs> he seems to uh, enjoy it but this is one that he definitely had a smile on his little face when we were listening to and so I sent you a little video of us kind of dancing singing this song or playing the song in the background But what a great album. Like you said, there's three other ones. So, this was, I had never even heard of this band before. Me neither. And so, you sent it to me, and I pushed play on it with a pair of headphones on, like you said, and just thought, well, how did I not know who these guys were? In fact, I sent that video of William, and I listened to the song to lots of people just because I pretty much send videos of William to everybody I know. (laughs) And I had more than one person. Kind of ignoring the cute baby and texting back, hey, wh- wh- what's that song? Who's that band? Yeah. So I had introduced nice. Mouth to, uh, to several other people from, that's the, from awesome. that video with William. Yeah, I had
1: a few songs that were at the top of my list to choose as the highlight track for our episode here that we're doing. But when I saw that video, I was like, all right, that's it. I'm picking Cool Jam because that was really cool to see you rocking William and both of you smiling and, and enjoying the music. I had to go with that. But man, there's some there's some good ones on here. Make It to Midnight was a, a really fun song. I enjoyed that a lot. And then uh, the track titled Ohio. If you're out there listening and you're from Ohio, you definitely have to listen to that one. If you don't have time to go through this full album, listen to Ohio. Uh, I have some friends from there that I was thinking about listening to that. And and uh, that really moved me as well. But this is just a, a really fun album. I, I listened to it for the first time doing laundry. Uh, I was at the laundromat and I was just looking through some new 2021 albums, just exploring some music. I usually do that to pass the time. So I'm multitasking and not feel like I'm wasting my life at the laundromat. And this album just had me smiling the whole time. And I was like, man, I could, I could stay here and do laundry all night if I keep listening to music like this. And I've I've gone back to it a lot. Anytime I uh, just wanted something chill and lighthearted and uh, you know, kind of pleasant sounding where I didn't really have to be too focused or, or thinking about the complexity of lyrics the, the, the choruses are, are fairly easy to pick up on and, and sing along or at least have in your head and uh, know what they're saying so it was a really fun listening experience for me this is one that I've saved that I'm probably going to go back to and I, I can't wait for some time to go back and, and check out the last few albums too so I can get caught up to speed on
0: everything they've put out so far from what I read, it sounds like this one's a little bit more toned down, maybe a, a little bit um, more ballad heavy and reflective. I found his voice to be really interesting. It's, it's certainly got a country sound to the the music and, and a twang in, in a way to his voice, but it's also kind of got like a vulnerability kind of waver to it that almost, to me, put it in the category of kind of like a indie or emo type of a, a voice. It reminded me a little bit of Connor Oberus mm, from Bright sure. A's. I'm not sure yeah. if, you're a bit, if mm-hmm. you if uh, you know who they are, but
1: then some of the the music to accompany it though some of the the bluesy sounds were a little more strong and and bold sounding to to complement that. Yeah, the the lyrics, the music is kind of lighthearted, but then there's some sternness to the sound that accompany it that accompanies it as well. That kind of creates a cool contrast. Cool
0: pick. All right. What's next? What do you got? Well, speaking of albums that pushed me out of my comfort zone a little bit, my next selection was an artist by the name of Josiah Wise, or better known professionally as Serpent with Feet. Wise grew up in a religious family. His father owned a Christian bookstore, and his mother was a choir director where Wise would eventually join and be exposed to his classical and gospel musical influences, His coming-of-age years had their challenges for Wise as a black man coming to understand his queer identity in a religious upbringing. He grew up in Baltimore, where he attended a school for the gifted that specifically had a competitive choral group where he competed in competitions winning several trophies. After high school, he trained as a classical opera singer but was rejected by conservatories that he applied to. So from there, he moved to Paris, and entered the neo-soul music scene there, but the operatic qualities of his voice weren't a perfect fit for that either, so he began making music on his own. To say Serpent with Feet defies genre is an understatement. Wise has gone on tour with indie artist Grizzly Bear and art pop musician Bjork, among others. He's worked and collaborated with Ty Dolla Sign, Ella Goulding, Kanye West, and Skrillex, just to name a few. This year, in 2021, Wise released his second studio album as Serpent with Feet, titled Deacon, which, though difficult to classify, can best be described as a blend of gospel and R&B. The album is a profession of love and is even overtly sexual at times with intimate details that aren't often expressed in music between men. The cut I'd like to play is from a track that shows how skillful Wise can be with his voice and playfully explains why it's important to Wise that his man understands who he truly is. This is track two on Serpent with Feet's album Deacon, and it's called Same Size Shoe.
5: If my barb was late, can I come to yours? Let me play my favorite chapter. you know the course I'm always gonna be from Baltimore.
4: My auntie's right, don't fuck him in. If the shoes are two times the size of your hand, now that I'm grown, I understand. Stand. Tell
5: you that news Oh, oh, oh. Trumpet oh, oh, oh. Bring me my trumpet trumpet oh,
1: oh. This pick probably stood out the most as something unique or different than the music that you and I typically gravitate toward that I was referring to earlier with the diversity of your five picks. Normally I don't like R and B music for whatever reason, except for a handful of tracks here and there, but there were, there was something unique about this one that I, that I really did like. I think it has something to do with the, the light techno and trance and lounge vibes that something I I don't think I'd really heard before in the past. So that was pretty cool. I'm glad you shared that.
0: Yeah, a lot of those genres. I think the one for me that stood out that made me interested is the choral part and the gospel part and his background in those settings and even his background in opera training, I think comes through. Some of the stuff that he can do with his voice. Yeah, He's got a really gentle sound to his voice, but then there's times where he's like, way up in the stratosphere and and just smoothly moves between all those places i think that was really interesting and then just i thought the subject matter was interesting i, I considered doing a deep dive at mm. one point yeah, with I this album yeah. <laughs> but i'm really glad that he decided to write an album because there's tons of especially in the r&b genre of men you know romantically or even sometimes objectifying a woman and mm-hmm. and i think to have a man write this type of music about another man i think it's like why wouldn't you? Why can't there that be out there? And so I thought that was brave in a way to to do that, especially given his background. Pushing yeah. pushing some barriers musically and lyrically, for sure.
1: I got to mention as well before I forget. Coolest hair award goes to that guy for sure, not even not even a contest. Oh yeah, Did you for see sure. some of the photos with his his hair kind of braided and just sticking out to the sides, that was pretty awesome. Definitely.
0: Yeah, face, facial tattoos yeah. he's got on. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty unique. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Shane, we're at your last one. What's your number five pick? All right. Last but not least,
1: by any stretch of the imagination, this fourth full-length album by LA-based indie folk band Lord Huron titled Long Lost may be their best work to date. They prove to us they are a multidimensional band with musical talent allowing them to transcend genres with various elements of country, alternative rock, classical music, and some occasional beach vibes. From mysterious lyrics to a surreal auditory experience and a dreamlike quality to the album construction, Long Lost will put you in a trance from start to finish and leave you feeling like you slipped into a past life while simultaneously warping into the future, only to wake up having lost the sense of time altogether. I'll give you a little taste of what I'm talking about with the track, "Mind forever. Enjoy.
0: Another great pick, this is one that I think I had on my list as well, so I think since I stole the war on drugs from you, I let you keep this one, but Lord Huron would definitely have been on my list. I loved the spaghetti western style guitar. Yeah, really twangy, but like in a modern kind of way. Kind of, you know, rockabilly, you mentioned kind of some surf rock elements in there, but even like conjuring some of the folk artists like even Neil Young or the band that was mixed in there. Mm -hmm. It's really, really cool sound with this one. And then just like that Killers album that you picked, this one is interlaced with these little clips of speaking that it was almost kind of like some sort of 60s variety show, like, all right, up next. And, you know, it kind of put you into like this sort of story, like you were in some kind of a... Right, yeah, like, know, a, some... like a circus
1: or something. <laughs> yeah, like you were, yeah. You were <laughs> a like a, a, show a, or like a rodeo,
0: like up
1: next we got the... You know the sensational bull rider from Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, thing. maybe,
0: or but it just it seemed like it was like one of those old like variety shows to me. That, yeah. that yeah, you'd yeah. be watching on TV on like one of the two channels that you might get in the '60s or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, I don't know whether we call that person a narrator for the
1: album or just. Yeah. In in reading some some reviews in preparation for for this podcast episode we're doing here. Uh I I gather that this is one that you have to go through quite a few times to really connect the dots and understand yeah, everything.
0: I think so. I was reading too that this album was released in May mm-hmm. and they kept they added to the mystery of this in the lead up since January of this year, they were releasing these little video snippets of these songs. Mm leading up Mm -hmm. to the release of the album itself. And they were all kind of like David Lynchian creations that just kind of added this like weirdness and this little element of mystery that really, if you were following the band, obviously I didn't know about this until afterwards, but if you were anticipating the release of this album and following this band, I think you would have just been like hyped as all get out by the time May came and the actual album fully came out to see it come together with all these little snippets leading up. Yeah, this was fun. This was an album that on first listen right away I was drawn to it and I
1: knew this was something I at least had to keep on the list of a potential album to do a deep dive for, but at least one that should probably get a mention at the end of the year as we're doing here. Very pleased with my my picks and and, uh, I think yours are are great as well. I know we got got one left uh, that you need to share here in a minute, but gosh, going through the list, it was really tough this year to narrow them down. It'd be hard to take any of these off the list. I mean, there's not one that's easily removable, but there were so many others that I wanted to mention. You know, I almost I know. wanted to say like, can we do 10 this year? <laughs> I know. That's why so it gets many so frustrating.
0: But yeah, if you had to wipe these completely off the slate, if you said, sorry, you can't pick any of these. And I had to come up with five other ones. I don't think I would be that disappointed. I mean, just because my my next tier is also great. yeah, And it was, exactly. it was more frustrating to leave them off yeah than it would have been to to put them on that's
1: why I think I basically went with my 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 gut feeling and that's why I thought about that as we're talking about this lord Huron album i I can't objectively say why it's better than all the albums that I didn't put on the list but it was just one of those that stuck with me right away I, there wasn't anything about it that I didn't like and there were a lot of things that I thought were really cool and I kept going back to it and I'm like okay it's 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 on the list it's you know it's it's a pick. Yeah, I'm glad it ended up here for
0: sure. That's nine. We got one more. All right. This is a band that I was just texting you today. A Facebook memory popped up of my favorite albums of 2018. And this band had popped up on my 2018 pick. They are here as well for my 2021 pick. That's right. In perhaps one of the more punk rock moments I can recall from recent memory... Idol's lead singer, Joe Talbot, yelled to the crowd, for the last time, we're not a fucking punk band, (laughs) the 2018 show in Manchester. So to say Albert wears his heart on his sleeve isn't just a figure of speech. It's actually presented there in a detailed tattoo. On their fourth studio album, Crawler, the British punk or whatever you want them to be called band, Continue their blend of aggressive sound with vulnerable and self-aware lyrics. As I mentioned, I started following Idols after their breakthrough sophomore album in 2018 called Joy is an Act of Resistance. This album tackled complex subject matter from Brexit to toxic masculinity and Talbot didn't employ much in the way of subtlety in lyrical or vocal delivery. On Crawler, their 2021 release, Idols trade some of that aggression for reflection. Talbot details struggles with addiction, generational trauma, and fear avoidance. The first single on Crawler is by Talbot's Profession, the most important song on the album. He goes on to say, the song is sort of an allegory of feeling lost and getting through it. And the song is called The Beachland Ballroom, off of Idol's 2021 release, Crawler.
4: I'm not begging God. I'm not praying
1: glad you shared that he he said on on stage that they're not a punk band and don't want to be labeled uh that way because i think when you shared your list with me and i asked for a recommendation on which one i should listen to while i was working out or something i think you mentioned this and said it's it's the hardest album of my picks it's a a punk rock album or something and when i was listening to it i was like oh this isn't really the punk that i'm uh, familiar with but i think. Probably by definition, it would be in the genre of punk rock. If you're idols and you don't want to be lumped with what a lot of people associate as punk music, then I suppose that's kind of a label that you you sort of push away because even though the roots of punk might have been more comparable to the sounds that they put out, I think there is kind of a a, a stigma associated with that. Like that genre has been maybe watered down
0: over the years. I mean, The whole point of punk is that it's it's defies label and and convention and they're doing their own thing. So it's like the moment you, something becomes a genre, like almost isn't a genre that genre anymore, because it's like something that was commercially defined and especially punk being something that pushes against commercial and mainstream and, you know, the establishment and things like that. Mm -hmm. This album definitely diverges a little bit from their 2018 release, which again, I really, really liked as well. But there's something about, I mean, the words are aggressive, the presentation is aggressive, but the lyrics are definitely more on the vulnerable side. So maybe that's why he doesn't consider himself a punk artist or they don't consider themselves a punk band because they definitely don't sing about the some of the aggression and some of the things that you might expect, mm-hmm. especially with the sound of some of these lyrics. Yeah, or like lyrics. deviant behavior and like, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, being rebellious and things like that yeah so so they definitely are taking it in a different way and I think that's one of the things that makes idols a compelling band and again you know a genre if if you want to call it a punk genre that I don't typically do a lot of gravitating tour but there's something about that concoction of presentation that idols does that I think makes this a really unique band and love their 2018 release and their 2021 release doesn't disappoint at all they had one in between that didn't grab me as much but when they popped up again this year i decided to give them another try and i'm really glad i did yeah it
1: was it was a it was a great pick i mean i think you have to have different music for different occasions cataloged into different places in your head like you mentioned earlier when there was a time that you wanted the kind of music that pom makes pom was your pick uh for this year so there's right a time and a place that you're in that mood and that's what you want you recommended i listened to idols when i was working out and, and i gotta say it was probably one of the best workouts i had of the year so good <laughs> recommendation there and not to say that this is just some heavy music that you you put on in the background to motivate and pump you up and and make you have a good workout it's something you could sit there with headphones and, and nothing else and uh get into the lyrics as well but it's probably not something you're going to throw on if you're sitting around a campfire with some friends just roasting marshmallows and hanging out. I mean, that it doesn't mean that it's not great music. It's just not necessarily for that setting, just like you're probably not going to throw on a, a Jason Isbell album when you're playing basketball or, or something like that. So recognizing good music is not necessarily about finding something you're going to like all the time, but if you like it some of the time and it's it's appropriate... And enhances your life in certain situations, then it's, it's worthy of finding its way uh, into your headphones and onto your list of, of music to, to keep on standby when it's needed. Yeah. I think idols fills a lot of needs in your music listening catalog. And it's one that I, that I saved uh, that I downloaded and I'll, I'll go back to it for sure. It was good.
0: Well, Shane, we made it another year. 2021 done. Can't believe it, man. I can't believe it either. I feel like it wasn't that long ago we were sitting here doing 2020's end of the year list. 2 years ago, we were
1: still brainstorming what we were planning to do with this podcast. Yeah, you know, we, it took yeah. a long time to get that first episode out there. It was kind of nerve-wracking. We had we had ideas and it slowly kind of came together. And I don't I don't think we really deviated too much from our original goal from the from the plan that you proposed that I thought sounded pretty awesome but it's, it's definitely taken some unexpected twists and turns for the better. It's, it's provided us with some experiences that we would have never expected, you know, two years ago, if we would have forecasted where we would be today, reflecting on the first two years of this experience. I don't, I don't think we would have expected we'd be here. I I think we probably would have undersold the project and, uh, not had as high of expectations as what
0: has come to be the reality uh, with this experience. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely. I mean, you know, this year to get to talk to Sean Nelson, lead singer of Harvey danger, one of my favorite bands growing up to get to sit down with assertion who just put out their first album and have their record label help promote our episode. And, connecting with so many other artists that we've started to feature at the beginning of some of our episodes that are unsigned, that are incredible. It's just been a really fun project to connect us to music, but also to connect us to some artists, you know, Joe Pug, again, that we've had some conversations with. We didn't get him on the show, but we got to talk to Paul Castelluzzo from Heather for first new album of the year. So just all of these ways that this opens up doors to connect to music better, whether it's through the artists, through other fans, just through you and I dissecting an album that maybe one of us has listened to since we were a kid.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree. It's, it's really exceeded my expectations, and this year even more so than last year, and I'm excited going into 2022 to see where it takes us from there. And let's not forget about our first fan we brought on the
1: show who's an artist in her own right, Katie Darby Mullins, of course, who yeah. joined us for the Counting Crows review that we did on their new album, Butter Miracle Sweet One. That was a really awesome experience as well to get firsthand info from someone who's a, a fan of the band the same way we are, but also somebody who knows the artists and and has professional ties with them, with Adam Duritz, Underwater. Sunshine music festival and has firsthand experience hanging out with him and getting to know him, the person outside of the musician as well. So that was pretty awesome to dissect that album and share that experience with her. And then also geek out for a couple weeks on, on music and, and life texting back and forth in the group chat. That was, that was a
0: lot of fun. No doubt about uh, it. I
1: think you know, that was the, the biggest, surprise of of this year, and probably the podcast overall, is the the connections that we've made with people, everybody you mentioned that we brought on this year and and connected with, to all of the people on the Facebook fan page groups that we've talked to over the past couple years. The connection with fans of, of music, the artists themselves, and other extensions of this project have all been incredible bonuses that when we laid the groundwork for this, that really wasn't a part of our mission or, or vision at first. I think we thought, Hey, you know, maybe if we grow this podcast and get a little bit of a following, maybe someday we can be somebody that brings artists on. We, we kind of toyed with the idea of bringing on our friends or family. It was all secondary to you and I sitting down and talking about an album with the idea that probably nobody else really cares about it, or is going to listen at all to where we're at today with you know what we've discovered and that being there's a lot of people out there who who love doing what we do too and and uh as much as we're enhancing their lives and providing them with some information and and uh, a listening experience through this podcast that they enjoy they're giving equally as much if not more back to us in return and that shared experience is what really has made this a special journey
0: yeah absolutely and i think this is a good time then just to say thank you to anybody who's listen to our long-winded thoughts throughout this last year. We really appreciate it. And uh, like you said, though it's not our goal from the get-go, there are twice as many of you listening at this point than there was this time last year. And that's kind of exciting to know that there's enough of you that are tuning in and excited to hear what we think about an album or voice your thoughts on an episode that we did or just connect with music that we've talked about on a deeper level, that's, that's exciting that there's, there's more people that are interested in, in doing what we love to do as well. So to to know that there's twice as many listening this year, and maybe we'll see that happen this time next year too. That's, that's fun. Yeah, that that's pretty awesome. And for those of you who have made it
1: two plus hours into this episode, you're, you're probably on board with us in our stance on all the great music that's, that's coming out. Today, So I'm probably preaching to the choir at this point by by saying this, but I I keep feeling like I need to reemphasize that there's so much good music coming out these days. It's it's not watered down. We're not to a point where singles or hits or 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 YouTube sensations are are driving the the modern music culture. Um, We're not at a point where we're never going to have a specific era again. I mean, I think it's kind of difficult to look back on, on history and, and uh, compare because there will never be a sixties. A there will never be another seventies or eighties or even nineties with the one hit wonders. But that's not to say that music is all blended together nowadays and, Genreless or or uh, lacking in, in substance or quality or any other negative remark you might potentially hear from somebody. There's some incredible music being put out nowadays. There's been so many good albums that we've stumbled upon over the past couple of years. And I, I think I can fairly confidently say for the second year in a row now, our best of the rest picks are probably better than some of the, the picks that ended up on the show for Deep Dives. And that's not to say that the Deep Dives weren't good albums. I think we, we did a great job picking some really good music under the time constraints uh, that we had. Uh, but by the end of the year, after everything's released, we realize, man, there's so many that we would that we would love to get into a little bit further. And, and that's only a, a testament to the fact that there's some really good music being put out there these days and 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 people should take the time to really listen to albums start to finish the way the artist intended at least for some of your listening experience you don't have to do it all the time it's okay to listen to playlists and and have music playing in the background you don't have to always consume music with intention and, and dissect the lyrics and consume every little bit of it but by all means a part of your music experience should be appreciating an album from start to finish and and uh really trying to connect with the artist and and get get whatever message they were they were trying to to give to you or provide to you uh with that piece of art that they released
0: yeah no doubt about it i think this has had its intended effect i'm excited um going into 2022 to continue doing that but we got one piece left here shane oh right you want to go first what is your 2021 album of the year should we say it on three we say it at the same time yeah
1: to see if we pick the same one because we don't want to influence each other okay i mean okay.
0: Are, or are we pretty confident we didn't pick the same one i i i think it's okay if we did pick the same one but you already have it. it's locked in mm. I, I know you're not going to change okay i'm not going to change mine all right on three all right all right not how i envision this but let's do it all right ready go just the album name not the artist
1: okay so one two three and then you say the album ready
0: okay one two three i don't live here anymore oh okay okay okay. the killers yeah that's your pick killers 2021 album of the year but the War on Drugs album was super good, too. That's a good pick. And that's my pick. I've been telling people that this is my... So you mentioned that you might like Lost in a Dream even better. It's a toss-up. Then I Don't Live Here Anymore. I've been telling people that this War on Drugs album is my favorite album of the year, but it might be my Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant pick. Oh, okay. Meaning that uh, that's when he finally won the Oscar, even if maybe he had some other sure movies that he had a better role in. If this isn't the best War on Drugs album ever, it's still good enough for me to say it's my top album of 2021. And War on Drugs has made my top 10 list enough years that they've put out albums that I just decided, okay, if they don't get a number one spot by now, they definitely deserve it. So, Ironically, when I sent you my list
1: of five best of the rest that included I Don't Live Here Anymore by the War on Drugs it did not include the Killers album, Pressure Machine, if you Mm, recall. mm -hmm. I do. That was the replacement. And I kind of knew that you were going to steal that. And I also kind of knew that I wanted to add the Killers to my list. And I think if I were to put hours, days of thought into this list of five and be extremely objective, the War on Drugs album would have to be on that list. But part of this best of the rest project that we decided was not necessarily to do that. It was almost to actively not do that and pick five albums that you thought were really good or that connected with you for some reason that feel like they should be attached to this year for whatever reason, where when you look back and you think about the year in review, there's certain albums that you're going to remember listening to that you thought were really good that stood out for whatever reason. And I went with my gut. I picked picked the five, but The War on Drugs would would definitely have made my list. That was a great album. I listened to that a lot. I think I ultimately went with the Killers album, Pressure Machine, because the more I listened to it, the more I realized it would be really difficult to pick against it. That's not to necessarily say that it was better than all the other albums, but... I just couldn't bump it off that uh, podium with any of the other picks for whatever reason. I think it was because I connected to the lyrics, the message. I was blown away by the fact that it was not traditional killer's music or sound. And the, the stories were really moving. It it, it felt like more than a, than an album. It felt like more than music to me for some reason. That's an album you're listening to from start to finish and every character, every scene, every story, it feels like it comes to life. And the more I listened to it, the more I just wanted to listen to it more. It's my pick for this year.
0: I think that's a solid pick and probably one if we would have looked into A Crystal Ball and found out that you liked The Killers as your 2021 album of the year back in you know, 2004 or whatever when they first came out with an album you probably would be surprised i know i would have i would have been i would have been surprised this year if i found out that one of us picked the killers for our favorite but i think it's worthy i i like i said i was pleasantly surprised when i pushed play on that album i'm glad you picked it well that wraps it up shane 2021 in the books as we um do our outro here i asked several of you listeners to submit your favorite album of 2021 so After we sign off, stick around to, if you submitted, hear your voice. Or to, if you didn't, listen to what some of the other listeners picked as their favorite. But otherwise, until next time, and until next year, go listen to a great album. Peace.
1: If you're enjoying listening to Album Divers, you can support our podcast by
0: subscribing, reviewing, and sharing it with someone else that appreciates great music. Follow and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Album Divers. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback about our take on an album that you already loved or had never heard before. Do you have an album you
1: want us to dive into? Email us at albumdiverspodcast@gmail.com,
0: at gmail.com and we'll consider adding it to our queue for a future episode. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you never stop discovering music that moves you to dive deeper. Until next time.
5: Ho, ho, ho! Happy Holidays! Hello, album divers. I am Ken Mills, and I've been asked by Trevor and Shane to say what my favorite album of the year is, and that's just not possible. So instead, I'll be shot out of a cannon in the spirit of the season, and I will gift you all with my love of music for this year it's been a tough year with 2021 i'd like to send a shout out to trevor for picking cape bush's excellent album hounds of love to discuss this year so without further ado or further ado, here is just some of my list of some of my favorite albums from 2021 or so because there's a difference between when they're recorded to when they actually appear and all that right so we've got Robert Plant and Alison Krauss's new album, Raise the Roof. That one is really cool. We've got uh, Mammoth with their self-titled album. That was really cool. Ringo Starr's EP, Brandy Carlisle, Great stuff. Uh, Gary Kemp from Spandau Ballet put out a really cool solo album with a tribute to David Bowie on it. Billie Eilish's work is great. Alicia Witt, she's an actress or more known as an actress, but her album, The Conduit, is really good got Daughtry's Dearly Beloved, Amigo the Devil with Born Against, the new Springsteen No Nukes box. Uh, Let's see, we've got Yola with Walk Through Fire. That is such an excellent album. Love for Sale by Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, and Sting's The Bridge. And of course we've got Circe Link and Kristen Nesmith with their album Cosmologica, and... Cheap Tricks in Another World is such a great album, such a fantastic album. And then there's Mickey Dolan's Dolan Sings Nesmith, which I was thanked in and I never saw that coming. So that was pretty cool. So it's a kind of a toss up right now between Dolan Sings Nesmith, Cheap Tricks in Another World and Robert Plant and Alison Krause's Raise the Roof. Those three have been like right up there for me. But it's been a good year in music, right? And of course, I've been blessed with the George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. And who can forget the amazing Beatles Let It Be Get Back promotion film and box set. It's just been a wonderful time to be a Beatles fan. And special mention to Kiss for finally doing something cool with the Destroyer 45th Anniversary box set. So. I want to wish everybody a happy holiday and keep rocking, gang. Well, how about this? You just rock as much as you want to because, you know, everybody says keep rocking, and that's almost a curse because no one can rock 24 7, 365. You've got to take some time off to rest and have a well balanced diet and get proper exercise and all that stuff. And so, thanks to Trevor and Shane for everyone over at Album Divers, and I'd like to just wish everybody. Who is an album diver? Happy vinyling, happy recording. And by the way, I really hate it when people like say, "I'm really into vinyl. These are my vinyls." No, these are your records. Those are your records. So, be safe, love one another, peace and love. Here is to a safe and happy 2022. See you guys.
1: <laughs> hey guys, it's Pete here from Wake the Watchman. Um, I've just burnt my finger, so I've got that running under some cold water. Uh, anyway, despite all that, uh, my favourite album from 2021 is, oh, probably, you know, despite what Spotify says, I think Spotify has me saying that I love the killers the most, but I would say Cloud Nothing's The Shadow, I remember, is my number one favourite album. Uh, I listened to it a couple of days ago, and, yeah, I'm sold on that idea.
6: Cool. Happy New Year. Hey, album divers. This is Jesse Norrell. My favorite album of 2021 is probably this album by this band called Thrice, and it's called Horizons East. The singer has this great voice. He sings really well. He's got this kind of raspy, growly tone, and they use these uh, like drop C guitar tunings so they can get really heavy, but they don't overuse it. It's not overwhelmingly metal or anything like that, Um, so check them out. While you're at it, uh, check out the album I'm coming out with on March 4th. Um, It's my first album in 15 years, and I started writing music again because my daughter, uh, who has Down syndrome, had to have multiple heart surgeries, and coming through that time uh, made me want to start writing music again, so it's about that journey. Again, that's Jesse Norell, J-E-S-S-E-N-O-R-E-L-L, March 4th. Uh, Come follow along. Should be fun. Thanks. Bye.
4: Hey there. This is Ryan Schaff from
0: the Broken Record Player podcast. And my favorite album of 2021 is A Diabolic Thirst by Spectral Wound. It's one of the best black metal
4: albums I've heard in a long time. Check it out. Hi, album divers. My name is Char from Shar Collects Final on Instagram and TikTok. My favorite album of 2021 is It Won't Always Be Like This by Inhaler. What's up, album divers? My name is Adam, and my number one album of 2021 is 100% Fuck Art by The Dirty Nil. One of my favorite bands of all time that I've loved since high school came out with a fantastic record this year that I highly recommend. It was beautiful to see live, but that's not my favorite record of the year. Uh, And probably, according to Spotify, the album I've listened through the most is Bo Burnham's Inside, but I personally don't consider that in the ranking for my top albums of the year just because... Um, the first time I heard the songs was watching the special, and so it's very connected to the visuals for me. So as far as the best standalone record year for me, to me, is uh, Fuck Art by the Dirty Nil. No. Uh, there's not a single skippable song on it for me, which is rare. I love albums, but there's there's generally a song I'm like I could do with it without that one, but not Fuck Art. I can I can listen to it in no time. And uh, again and again and again, and I have. So, yeah.
2: Hello, Trevor. Hello, Shane. This is Matt from Pick a Disc. And I just wanted to quickly mention about Coach Party's EP, After Party, that was released this year. Um, I just want to say I think it's a brilliant EP. Um, When I first listened to it, when it first came out, I was like, my mind was blown briefly. But briefly, well, say briefly, it's still kind of blown by it. Um, it's it's kind of like I'm fascinated by um this like genre called bubble grunge that's like kind of being picked up by apparently by Spotify and all the memes are talking about it. You know, what's this bubble grunge thing that exists? But it's kind of like a mixture of kind of bubblegum bubblegum pop and kind of grunge from uh, kind of music. And this is just following on from that kind of style. Uh this is also I'm a big fan of the band Wolf Alice, and this feels like it's a natural progression of the sound of their first album, and it just hit so many buttons for me. Uh, Can't talk, won't talk, which is a great opener. So in so much kind of like Lisbon from uh, Wolf Alice, but it just progressed a bit further. Uh, Really Okay on My Own is great. Like kind of, like, sad bop. Um, Everybody Hates Me is brilliant uh, and catchy as hell. If you're not listening to it, listen to it. I'm sad is kind of As it says on the tin, and it ends with "sweetheart." Um, there's not much left to say. I'm running out of time, but couch party after party EP, it's worth a listen.